Welcome back to the Fourth Way Podcast. We are going to continue our series today on the Sermon on the Mount. As a reminder, the format is that I will be reading a sonnet that I wrote as a part of my children's compilation and then expound on the poem and discuss. The second sonnet in this series I wrote is represented by the gem Amber. It covers Matthew 5, 13-16, which talks about our salt and light, as well as Matthew 6, 24, which discusses the two masters idea. Just so you can kind of get a, a visualization as you're going through, Amber is a brownish gem, which is recognized for its ability, historically, to be charged and foster static electricity, create static electricity. So, here's the poem, Amber. Desert browns, palette formed where there's no rain, a sign of lifelessness and compromise. Same for those amidst amber waves, the grain, where life and living are dichotomized. But God made us, when we're rubbed up against, to polarize ourselves in shocking ways, not to build and electrify a fence, but attract opposites with our displays. So build your city high upon a hill, a kingdom outpost, not a nation-state. For true citizenship can't be distilled, as salt's no longer salt without its taste. Flavor and brightness should draw others in, but only works if we're God's citizens. The first stanza of the poem sets up the scene. The brown of amber is seen in the beginning scene, representing a desert. Desert browns are formed because there's no rain there, and no rain means no life. Lifelessness for humans is also a result of there being no spiritual rain, as is manifested in a willingness to compromise. Compromise results from a lack of spiritual life. A compromised human, one who claims to uh, master himself um, but serves another is really lifeless. Now, if I claim that, that God is my master um, but then I try to master myself or money is my master or sex is my master or whatever, really, I am spiritually lifeless. I also represent this desert of lifelessness uh, in the amber waves of grain, which should for any American kind of trigger, um, I mean, it's a, a very common uh, phrase in one of the most famous patriotic songs, right? Amber Waves of Grain represents the United States here. Um, it really could be any country. I'm not not picking on the uh, the United States in particular, but since it is my homeland, I feel like I can critique it. And in our country, life and living are certainly dichotomized. Everyone has life, but not everyone is truly living. And I think you see that in um, in our materialism and in you know our suicide rates and obesity and just all these things. People people are trying to find happiness and joy and and pleasure in all of these areas, but we are just uh, we're killing ourselves with our um, and, and you can see that in the all the the amounts of antipsychotics we have to take and. Uh, families falling apart, we just, we are so messed up, and, and we do not have joy, um, even though it's something that we, we pursue, and we think we're on top of the world because we're wealthy, but we're, we're just so lifeless, 
Uh, we're living, we're alive, but we don't have life. So that first stanza, you see brown, the color brown come out because that's representative of amber, talk about deserts um, uh, lacking life, and then talk about how our nations are deserts. Um, our, our old man ways are desert. In the second stanza, uh, I talk about how God's law and his lordship rub up against us. For, for many, it rubs them the wrong way, and they, they run to false gods, money, pleasure, self-rule. Um, they try to serve two masters. But God has made it so that when his truth is taken to heart by his followers, and he is made to be Lord, that we become polarized from serving any other master. So in our desert browns, in our, in our wayward nations, in our wayward self-rule, uh, in our desert of lifelessness, when God rubs up against us, he polarizes us, right? which is what, what happens to amber to get it to, uh, to create that static electricity. We, uh, it becomes polarized. Right? And our, polarize, uh, our polarization isn't meant to be a barrier for others to get in though some Christians use their electric properties to keep others out. Um, they use it to, to zap people. Um, and certainly many are offended by a life dedicated to God, which caused one to moral holiness and refusal of compromise. However, just as God created Israel to be a priesthood amidst the nations to draw others to him, God desires that our polarization with the gods of the world would attract others. Those who come to see that the gods that they serve are really no gods at all um, will be drawn to us by our polarized lives the de and, and the demonstration of how we're living. And um, just like static electricity creates attraction, uh, so our lives should create attraction um, towards, towards them and, and the false hope that they begin to realize their gods offer them. In the third stanza, with our one master polarization in mind, we build a city on a hill. So uh, this is not a citadel to keep others out. It is a place of prominence for others to see. The light's more like a lighthouse or, or a beacon, a place to guide others in and to draw them in. It's not a spotlight to blind them. So in this big K kingdom outpost for everyone from all nations and all levels of life, um, it, it is not a nation-state, nor should it ever be merged with one. That's also why in the first stanza I used amber waves uh, of grain, because, um, you know, I'm, I'm also pitting my nation against God's kingdom. Uh, we're not talking about nation-states here. We are talking about the big K kingdom, and uh, that, that needs to be clear. Kingdom citizenship cannot be distilled. We're not dual citizens, we are citizens of the kingdom, and therefore we are aliens of this world. To try to distill citizenship into a two kingdoms mentality would be to separate the salt from the water, right? Um, and, and that's not what Christians are to do. How could the salt have any, any influence over the water's taste if it was separated out from it? Two-kingdom mentality, which argues for a little-k kingdom whose values, rules, and methods are different than the big-k kingdom, distills our citizenship and therefore causes us to lose our saltiness and to dim our light. Our distinct saltiness and bright light should draw others in. That only works if we're distinct and have some place which to draw them into. So once again, uh, it's, it's very difficult to... Uh, 
sonnets are extremely dense. There's a lot of information trying to convey in uh, in a very short space. And uh, I, I challenge you to go ahead and take a look at the sonnet and read read the comments, which will hopefully help to um, draw that out. But nevertheless, hopefully uh, this short format and, and condensed format and um, all the, the entendres and, and thoughtfulness into it will be something unique and new and something that, that maybe gives you some uh, pictures as you think through the ideas and as you read through Matthew 5-7 through 7 again. Um, hopefully it, it just makes things more vivid for you. Anyway, that's all for now. So, peace, because I'm a pacifist. I say it, I mean it.